thank you for the prayers that have been prayed and those that have come out and celebrated with us your greatness and your goodness. We thank you, God, just for those that decided to take time out of the schedule and be a guest in our congregation today. We thank you for our opportunity to bless your name in song and to give. We thank you for all things, God, and as we look into your word, we ask that it will permeate our minds and our spirits, that we will live thereby and glorify you in everything that we say and do. And as we continue along this line of being a masterpiece in progress, that we will come to the realization that through you all things are possible. So we thank you and we honor you for it all in your son Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We are now in the next iteration of our series, the fourth episode, if you will, of the series. Um, I was looking at it the other day. I think in totality, we're probably going to end up doing like 13 to 14 episodes of this because I want to walk through this very important book of the Bible, this letter that Paul had written to the church of Ephesus. We've already covered the first chapter, and then last week we took some time out to focus on our foundational scripture, which comes from Ephesians, the 10th chapter. Huh? Ephesians, the 10th chapter. I keep saying Ephesians, the 10th chapter. Yeah. No. Ephesians, the second chapter, the 10th verse. I was like, what am I saying? Ephesians, the second chapter, the 10th verse. And we've been using as our foundation the New Living Translation of Ephesians 2.10, which says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And we talked about how wonderful it is to be God's masterpiece and what a wonderful opportunity it is for us to be God's masterpiece. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so as we talked about the word masterpiece in of itself, we talked about how it is something that is an excellent, superior work of art that takes time. Y'all remember that? And as we go through this next little bit of talking about the masterpiece, we will now look at the second chapter in particular. In this second chapter, if I may give my humble opinion, is one of the most important chapters of the Bible. And the reason I say that is because the second chapter of Ephesians talks about the three seasons or the three times of mankind. It talks about the past, it talks about the present, and it talks about the future. And if we could find any area in the Bible to rest ourselves or to stop and spend some time, I would recommend Ephesians, the second chapter. That is why last week I wanted to take the time for us to understand how significant it is for God to 
already have designed for us to be a masterpiece. And because he's already designed for us to be a masterpiece, he has set us up through Christ Jesus to be successful. He has set us up to be triumphant. He has set us up that we could have everything that we needed according to righteousness in him. And so, as we get ready to jump into this, I want us to remember that this is all part of God's plan. It's already laid out. It's already in position. I remember I went to one church and I said something that uh, one, of, one of the folks actually made into a meme of me. Yeah, I have a meme. Yeah, yeah, I got it. You know, got it like that now. <laughs> and the meme was like this. It said, Jesus has already done everything that he's going to do. He's just waiting on you to get in position to receive what he's done. Jesus, he's already done everything that he's going to do. He's just waiting on you to get in position to receive what he's done. And so that is this mindset that we have to have, that this is not about us waiting on Jesus, which we like to say, I'm waiting on you, Jesus. Jesus is like, I'm waiting on you. <laughs> Isn't that something how some folks will be like, you, let's say you have a meeting with somebody, and you tell them you're going to meet them there at 10 o'clock, and they call you at 10 after saying, we're still meeting today, right? Mm. And you look, yeah, <laughs> but you don't want to say you're already 10 minutes late, right? See, that's, that's the same type of thing. Jesus is already there waiting on you, but if you, if you get there, you can still get the blessing, you know. Sometimes you go to a meeting late, they'll, they'll be able to shut the door on you or something. But other times, with, especially dealing with Jesus, you ain't got to worry about that. Jesus is going to wait on you. But I don't know if, the, now I don't know if you want to have to go through everything that you want to go through in order because he's waiting on you because you're not there at the right time. But anyway, I ain't going to go into that today. I want to stay on this second chapter. Ephesians, second chapter, starting at verse number one. English Standard Version says it like this. And you were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and have by nature and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, 
so that no one may boast. And then it goes into our foundation scripture. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let me work, for this, we'll work with this for a few seconds and we'll go on from there. I told you there's time periods here. The first time period we can look at in the first four, four, the first four verses. And he starts it off and he says, and you, he means all of us, were dead in our trespasses and our sins. The word dead here is talking about being separated, being apart from, no longer being connected to. We were dead because we had missed the mark of God. We were dead because we did not acknowledge him. We did not accept him into our lives. We did not accept the provision that he's given us. So we were separated. Now, so Jesus came so that he could be the conduit by which reconciliation could be done, reconnection could be made, and that we could be what we're going to talk about when we talk about verses 5 through 10. And he says, in which you once walked, you were, you were one of these dead people. Sometimes we get an air about ourselves because we say then you not. And we kind of look down our sanctified noses at others and say, because you are not like me, I'm... I don't want to be around you. You walked according to the course of the world because that's all you knew. Your senses led you and guided you. Your selfishness kept you. Your discern for anyone else is what perpetuated you to do the things that you did. Some of us have done some pretty awful things compared to some other folks, but in the eyes of the creator of all things, it's just as bad. Uh -huh. And that's where, again, we get the opportunity, some of us, to look down our noses. At least I did not do. Oh. At least I did not. But you know the funny thing is? That means you know you did do something. See, y'all, y'all, see, okay, y'all, you know what, yeah, somebody said it, doing that comparison thing, you, you like, uh, you know, I did this, but you did this, but you still did this, following, and, and it was following after the prince of the power of the air, now, this is one of the names that was given to Satan. When God created man, he gave man dominion over the earth. And when he gave him dominion over the earth, he didn't take it back. But what man did, he decided, I want to trade my title, my deed that God has given me for an opportunity to have knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. And he said, Satan, since you... Give me this knowledge of good and evil, you can now have 
dominion over the earth. And at that time, the earth went into a chaotic state. And we know that not only is the prince in the power of the air, but he has minions. He has uh, principalities and he has powers. He has spiritual wickednesses in high places that operate and cause confusion. And their goal is to prevent us from coming to the realization of who God is. The Bible says if the Bible is hid, if the word of God is hid, it's hid to those who don't know. It's here to those who the enemy has blinded. He has placed blinders over their eyes so they cannot see the revelation of who God is in everything around them. And that is where we once were walking. Now, y'all know how I talk about Apostle Paul when I talk about his testimony. Oh, Paul, Paul does it like this. He said, I was riding on my donkey to go kill some folks. And all of a sudden, I saw a light, and the light made me fall off my donkey, and I fell off my donkey. I heard a voice, and the voice asked me, why are you persecuting me? And this is the same thing for us. We've all had this experience where something has occurred in our life to begin to see the light. There was an old country song that said, I saw the light. I saw the light. Shining and bright, I saw the light. Y'all that like bluegrass know that song. But anyway, as you look throughout the life of most people that have accepted Christ in their life, they had this light experience. They had this eureka moment. They had this time where they were like, this is not all there is to life. Some of us have got it while we were at a conference. Some of us have gotten it while we were in a church service. Some of us have gotten it while we were sitting in a car. Some of us have listened to the radio. Some of us have got it by reading a track. But somehow this light came in and caused us to realize where we were going was not beneficial for our lives. And it says that we all were once, we lived based upon the passions of our flesh. Whatever felt good, that's what we did. Whatever we felt like doing, that's what we did. Whatever we thought we felt like, we thinking we gonna feel like, <laughs> that we thought we gonna feel like, we gonna do, we gonna do. We didn't care about anybody else. We didn't, half the time, we didn't even care about ourselves. We go out and party until 4 o'clock in the morning, and then we had to be at work at 6 o'clock in the morning. And, but by the grace of God, we were able to go from one location to another without killing ourselves or killing somebody else. Working on machinery that should kill us because we halfway doing it because we can't even see straight because we still got the headache from all of last night. Some of us have encountered uh, infections in our body because we decided that we wanted to be a Casanova and wanted to meet everybody and be with everybody and didn't want to use protection. And then next thing we know, we have a lifetime of issues. Some of us have done things that didn't fall into going to the club or 
hanging out and being a womanizer or being someone who was chasing after the opposite or the same sex all the time. Some of us just didn't want to care or didn't worry about who God was. Most people would say that you were a pretty good person. Most people would say that they was all right. Some folks would say you was a fuddy-duddy because you didn't want to go out with them. But what they were doing, they were doing these things because everybody else was doing them. I remember one of the things about the 1960s that I have read about be, uh, was that it was a time of what they call free love. And to me, that's an oxymoron because love has a cost to me. You have to give up something in order to provide love for someone. But their thing was, they, instead of saying free love, they should have been saying free sex because that's all they did. They just would go to all these areas and everybody would be involved in this. And it's carried over this, this spirit of not being concerned about ourselves and just doing these things and drugs and all this other stuff to hide the pain that we were actually going through. Instead of seeking a remedy, we tried to self-medicate through something that exasperated what we were going through. I told y'all before that one of the things that a lot of guys that are going through PTSD or some type of traumatic disorder one of the things that they do to self-medicate, they like to drink. They think that alcohol takes care of the pain, but alcohol is actually a depressant. So you're already in a depressed state, so you are adding a depressant to a depressed state. Mm -hmm. Now I went through all that just to get us to this fifth verse, because I want us to understand how we were in the past. Now let's talk about the present. Can we talk about the present for just a couple seconds? It'll probably be a minute or two. It says, the first word in verse number four, the first word sets it all off. We done talked about how bad we was, how jacked up we was, how beat up, how ugly we were, how we just did everything and did all this craziness. And then it says, but. Now what we tell folks is, the word but actually cancels out everything was said previously to now bring emphasis upon what comes after the but. Now, the way this is set up, it says but, and then the thing that we want to emphasize is God. God did it. But God. Thank you, Lord. I may have been a drunkard, but God. I may have slept around. But God, I may have been on all types of drugs, but God. Thank you, Lord. Being rich in mercy. Mercy means that I have the ability to punish you, but I choose not to punish you. He got a whole lot of mercy. Especially if we're dealing with me. He done, boy, that bitch have mercy. He be going, pulling out buckets of mercy for me. But I ain't going to talk about you. Because of the great love that he had for us. Mm -hmm. 
even when we were dead in our trespasses, he didn't wait till we got the revelation of who he was. Even before that time, he made us alive together with Christ. He made us to be his sons and daughters before we even knew what it was to be one. And so when God set this up, when we look at verse 1 through 4, and then we hit the but God, because of his mercy, because of his love, because of how he set this up, he made us alive together with Christ Jesus. And then the other word comes in. By grace, you have been saved. Grace is something that you ain't do nothing to get, but you got it anyhow. Thank you for your grace. You didn't do nothing. But because of his love for you, he gives this grace. He gives this benefit to you because of his love for you. And he says, by grace you have been saved. In verse 6 he says, and raised us up with him. And seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's where you're sitting right now. You know, there was this chicken that was around all the other chickens and they made fun of him because he looked different than the rest of the chickens and all the chickens made fun of him but he knew one day he was going to fly and if y'all ever been around chickens y'all know chickens they can fly but really yeah chickens it's like hopping more so for a chicken but he said, one day, I'm going to fly. He said, you ain't going to never fly. You're ugly. You're funny looking. You're never going to fly. Well, as they start getting older, and they kept telling him he wouldn't fly, he looks up, and he sees these birds flying across. And then all of a sudden, he sees this big bird, this magnificent bird flying across. And he's like, wow, I wish I could do that. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Then that big bird comes down and snatches up a chicken and takes off. And he's like, whoa, whoa, I can't even believe he did that. The next thing he realizes is that he had this motivation kick up in him to try to fly. So he flapped his wings and got up on top of the barn. He runs off the edge of the barn, jumps, throws his wings out, Hits the ground, but he says, I'm going to try it again. The second time, the third time, the fourth time. The fifth time, he jumps off and he begins to flap his wings and he starts gliding. And he's gliding all over the place. All of a sudden, he sees the big bird that he saw before come down towards him. And so now he's scared. He's like, he's going to try to snatch me out of the air. And when the bird comes down, he says, where you been, son? I've been looking for you for so long. The, he didn't even realize that he was an eagle because he was hanging around with all wow. the chickens. Wow. Didn't realize that that was supposed to be his food and not his family. Wow. But okay, I ain't gonna go that. But he was hanging around with the wrong folks, and the wrong folks will tell you the wrong yes, things. Will. The wrong folks will tell you 
that you're ugly and that you're never going to be able to accomplish your dreams and that everything's not going to work out. But when you're in Christ and you realize the light has shined upon you, what transpires in your life is that you get this feeling on the inside. Something will not allow you to stay the way that you are. And he seated us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Our mindset should not be focused on everything that's going on in the earth. Our mindset should be a kingdom mindset, the kingdom of God, where righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost dwells. And so when we have situations like this virus scare that's going on, it doesn't worry us because we know that greater is he is in me and because I cover my mouth when I call and I wash my hands. I, you know what? Come on. Jesus help us. Hi, I got to tell you to clean yourself up so you don't catch no disease. But anyhow, I see. I, I'm sorry. I digressed on you. But where I am right now, I want us to understand that he has raised us up. He has seated us. God sees us sitting right next to Jesus. Yes. Because of what Jesus did for us. And so now I want to jump down to that eighth verse because I want to go ahead and call this a day. It says, for by grace. Now remember it said that in verse number five. By grace you have been saved. And now it brings it up again. It says, for by grace. We said that's something that you receive that you cannot do anything to earn. For by grace you have been saved because you have the belief that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. He said, if you call upon me, I will hear your call. He said, my ear is not too short to hear. My hand is not too, uh, my ear is not too heavy to hear. My hand is not too short to provide salvation. And so when we go forth in this, I think the reason Paul wanted to bring this out is to say, just like you used to get the big head when you was in the past state, don't try to get the big head now because okay. of your present state. Okay. Because you did not do anything okay. to get into the position that you are now. It's by his grace. And then he said, you ain't do it. It's not of your own doing. It's the gift that God has given you. The winers had a song that said millions didn't make it. But I was one of the ones who did. That's a deep song if you really think about it. It's not a result of works in verse number nine. Mm -hmm. You cannot work in order to receive salvation. You can't. You can't. You trying to work it is not doing nothing but getting you frustrated. Okay. God does not want you to be able to boast. I preached to 10,000 folks. Okay. okay. <laughs> I preached the one. You see what I'm saying? God's not about that. His whole thing is you having confidence that he's going to do what he said he would do, and that is that his son came to die for your sins. That's all he's concerned about. Mm-hmm. You can do all that jumping, all that look, all that, and it means nothing to God. What means something to God is because of the relationship you have with Jesus that you speak to 10,000 folks. Not because you think you can speak to 10,000 folks. Because of the relationship you have with Jesus and Jesus told you to speak to 10,000, you did what Jesus told you to do. 
And then he says all that to say this. Not only are you sitting in heavenly places, not only have you received this gift of God. Verse number 10. That's why I love this. He said, you know, you're something special. Yes. You are something special. The person in the mirror is something special. I know your mind is telling you you ain't all that, but I want to tell you. God said you're all that. And there's an old saying that said, God says it, I believe it, that settles it. You ain't got to believe it. God said it, that settles it. Now, if you want to walk in it, you need to believe it. But if God said it, it's settled. God said that you are his workmanship. You are a priceless beauty in his presence. And he had this plan for you from the beginning. And his whole purpose is for you to be an expression of his glory on this earth. Because you are his masterpiece in progress. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that our past is behind us and our presence, present is ever growing and elevating. And as we talk about the future next week, that you will reveal to us even more what you have for us and your desire for us. We thank you, God, that we can encourage one another that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and that our salvation is not anything of our efforts. It's a gift from you. Thank you for this gift. Thank you for your son. Thank you that we are now your sons and daughters because of our acceptance of Christ in our lives. We thank you for all these things. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.